This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Have you heard about Face App? Uh, This is the viral app, super popular right now, that allows you to uh, enhance a photo on your your, uh, cell phone into a wrinkle-enhanced version of yourself it basically ages you as if you want to see what you look like when you're going to get old you use the face app and this is really popular if you go online right now on social media you'll see a flood of photos of celebrities people like drake uh lebron james gordon ramsay is one of the best ones i think is a picture of gordon ramsay looking all wrinkled it's a scary accurate kind of (laughs) looks realistic some of these photos the Jonas Brothers, a whole bunch of people using this app. They have all pictured, uh, posted pictures of themselves with wrinkly skin and glasses and graying, receding hairlines. It's it's very, very popular. Uh, certainly on the Apple App Store right now, people are just going crazy for this face app. But there are privacy concerns with this particular app. And here to tell us about that right now is our own Claire Allen. Hey, Claire. Hey, Mike. Yeah, so you're right. This is a really popular app. And everywhere I looked yesterday on social media, it's pictures of my friends that had suddenly aged like 60 years, celebrities (laughs) with graying hair. seems like everybody was posting these pictures. And some of them were really funny. I must admit, they were were funny to look at. And a lot of people got caught up in downloading this app. So much so that as of 11 a.m. this morning, Face App was the top trending free offering in Apple's App Store. And according to reports, Face App has altered the photos for more than 80 million users since its 2017 release. But definitely a big push came within the past couple days because of the feature the feature where you could see how you look when you get you know to the age of 75 or something like that so you know a lot of people are having a lot of fun and then they woke up this morning and saw that there might be some privacy concerns regarding this popular app and so i wanted to learn a little bit more about the threat to privacy that this app presents so i spoke to dominic vogel he is the founder and chief strategist of cyber sc and he told me a little bit about the privacy issues one of the main problems not just with face app but with a lot of uh, apps is that they often ask for too many permissions in which you know they'll try and uh, access uh, other data on your phone, your contact list, basically more information than they need the uh, that they need or required to be able to operate. And the other thing with FaceApp is that uh, a lot of people thought that the picture that you take just stays on your phone, when in fact that picture of yourself ends up going somewhere else, uh, somewhere else on the internet is stored in some servers in the U.S. or in Russia or who knows somewhere across the world, uh, and now you've lost control of sort of your your face, your your, your being, and one of the future problems with that is that as there's greater moves uh, movement towards authentication with facial uh, biometrics where we can gain uh, access to certain facilities or uh, certain areas by rec- uh, facial recognition there's the, there's a the potential that this could you know this could be used against us so that's not very good 
That's a interesting. Little, a little alarming. Yeah, and a lot of people, you know, didn't read the fine print when they were purchasing or downloading the app. So, but one of the right. main concerns about FaceApp, because there are a lot of apps that use our images that we can alter in somehow. But uh, the main concern with with FaceApp is that it's owned by Wireless Lab, which is a company based in Saint Petersburg, Russia. Oh, and, yes. And for uh-oh. many cybersecurity analysts, the Russia connection raises some red flags. But when I was speaking to Dominic, he said that users should be concerned about all apps, not just apps developed by Russian companies. People should just should be equally concerned of U.S.-based companies or Canadian-based companies or wherever they are in the world asking for too much informa- uh, private information, regardless of where these um, these apps or the you know the companies behind these apps operate. That's a problem. Uh, you know, given the you know when you sort of peel away another sort of socio-economic slash uh, political landscape, uh, you know, in this case being Russia. Yes, one could make some potential uh, assumptions that you know, the, this app may be being used by uh, cyber criminals based in Russia to be able to perpetuate some other level of cyber crime or make more believable phishing scams or more believable social engineering scams. So there, there's some concern that we're providing fodder to um, cyber criminals in Russia to be able to uh, sort of make more believable phishing uh, elements. Oh dear. <laughs> Alarming, right? Like that's very that's very scary. I will admit a bunch of my friends downloaded the app. I wanted to get in on the fun. I downloaded it too and I've told Dominic I feel like a major idiot. But he said, <laughs> and he said, so I asked him, I was like, what should I do, Dominic? Should I delete this app? And right. he said that it really comes down to user awareness. They just wanted to use that to, you know, to fool around and have some fun. Sure, that's great. As long as they're aware of what that risk is, we want to give people the ability to make that risk reward discussion, uh, to make that decision as, as well. So um, I definitely don't want to be someone who says, delete it, uh, otherwise you're, you're, you're screwed. That's definitely not the case. Uh, and we have no proof uh, to even say that the app developers behind this are even linked to cybercrime at all. Uh, so, I mean, there's, there's a lot, like I said, a lot of this is theoretical extensions of what could happen. But like I said, I think much of this needs to um, revolve around discussion around how people need to be more aware of what data they put out into the sort of the broader app slash internet world. So if you're feeling Mm. like, you know, kind of an internet dummy like myself today, I was wondering, like, what is the lesson I should be taking away from all of this? And here's what Dominic said. I think one of some of the tangible things that people can take away from this are, one, when you install an app on your phone or tablet, it'll pop up um, in which it'll ask for certain permissions. That's not a huge list. You can at least see if it, what it's asking for. You know, if it's asking for access to, uh, like I said, your contact list, your email uh, folder, a whole bunch of stuff, and all it is is a flashlight app, that, that's, that should be setting off uh, alarm, uh, alarm bells in your head. Um, so look to see what permissions it's requesting. And if you see sort of through their terms of use that it's a huge, complex legal document, um, yeah, again, you may want to, to, to pause and, and think about that. There's some uh, sort of this, this movement towards apps in which they're trying to make their terms of use super simple and in layman terms. So where you can see that, that should give you extra um, confidence in which this is a company uh, or an app-centric company which is trying to take privacy and security seriously. So that's a good lesson, Mike. You should, you know, try to think about what people are accessing. But I wanted to know, I asked Dominic, you know, he's a cybersecurity analyst. So is his phone just filled with like really boring security apps and stuff like that? <laughs> or is he downloading fun things too? And he told me that he had actually downloaded this app, but this was a great tip 
in, in case you want to get on in the fun, you know, you don't want to just yeah. have like your address book on your phone and whatever, some boring other apps like Wallet or whatever. He said people want to have fun on their phone. We live yeah. on our phone. You want to play Candy Crush. You want to, you know, see what you're going to look like when you're 80. He right. said what you should do is have like some sort of burner device. And since smartphones and tablets are very popular, especially tablets, you can have a tablet at home where you don't store any critical information. And if you want to have fun with these apps, use a burner device or a uh, garbage phone, as he told me, and oh. use that where you can explore these fun apps without the risk to your digital security. So I thought that was mm. really interesting. And uh, if I want to keep up with all these fun things, I guess I'm going to have to go get a tablet. Yeah, but how many other how many people are going to go out there and get a, like a separate phone or a separate device just to use these apps? I mean, you know, you mentioned that you've you've uh, put this you you downloaded Face App yourself, Claire. Oh, Mike, I can't even tell you how disappointed I was with myself this morning. <laughs> Really? So are you going to delete it now? Oh, or? I deleted it right you away. You did? Okay. I was hanging my head in shame. Shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, do, I don't have this app on my phone, but after all the hype about it, uh, I was thinking of doing it. Now, my son has it on his phone because he took a, a picture of me the other day and, and showed me what I would look like as a woman. Oh, because that that app does the same app, right? Yes, you're right. It, it does that too. The gender swapping thing. It does yeah. the gender swap. Right, exactly. And it's pretty funny. I mean, it's a good laugh, right? I mean, it's kind of fun, but I don't know. I mean, uh, one of the reasons that this this app has become so popular is because of this aging feature that they've added to it. This has been a controversial app in the past. I remember a few years ago when it was first launched, you could actually change your race. Yes, the company you know. did come under fire for that, and the CEO yeah. apologized and said it was racially insensitive. I mean, which it is. Uh, <laughs> and they even came under under fire for the gender swapping feature because yeah. uh, a lot of people thought that was insensitive as well. So, mm. I mean, yes, the app has come under a lot of you know it's come under a lot of scrutiny. But people, they just want to know what they're going to look like in the future. It's a All it's right. a strong pull towards that app. Okay, some good tips there. Thank you, Claire. Thanks, Mike. That's Claire Allen with the latest on the Face App controversy. I think there's some good advice there from Dominic Vogel, who's really good on this kind of stuff.